You are listening you are to the desolation to the desolation to the desolation to the desolation Well I'm going out to Denver See if I can't find Well, I'm going out to Denver See if I can't find That loving Colorado girl of mine Well, the promise in her smile Shames the mountains tall All the promise in a smile Shames mountains tall She can bring the sun to shine in Till the rain to fall It's been a long time, Mama Since I heard you call my name been a long time since I heard you call my name I got to see my Colorado girl again be there tomorrow mama don't how many, how many rookies do we have this year? Yeah! Awesome. You only get to be a rookie once. And then you never do it again. And then, and then either, yeah, you never do it again, and you, you know, go for a life of luxury, and, or you keep coming back every single year. Uh, yeah, you only, get, you only get to be a rookie once, so do it right the first time. Uh, be true to yourself, you know. This is a fully solo, self-supported race. Uh, so that, that's all I'll say about that. What else was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. So this year there are like 90 people. Um, yeah, that's big. The maximum group size for the Forest Service is 74. Otherwise, you have to have a permit. So I expect you to break into groups of smaller than 74 <laughs> within the first six miles, okay? Um, and, and because there are so many of you, all I can say is just be courteous to the trail. I don't care if you're doing it in four days or 40 days. Every single one of you, I, you know, yield, yield the trail, be nice to people. Because some guy, he's been hiking for 30 days and all of a sudden there's like 90 bikers that he's got to let by. So, you know, yield for that guy if you can. It's not gonna, it's not gonna blow your race, 30 extra seconds. And it is six o'clock. So, without further ado, on your marks, get set, wait, be nice, have fun,
safety break. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say first safety meeting. Yep. You, you, yeah, you, it feels you, good. You. I feel so safe, man. I almost did. No <laughs> rugs. Safety meeting. This morning, I was like, no. Safety <laughs> meeting. Probably a good yeah, idea. Yeah, bad. Keep things under control. Well, I was just thinking it's like two hours in. Whenever I start thinking like, wait, it's already been two hours? Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm fucking time traveling right now. I feel like it's been ten minutes, dude. I'm in turtle time. You're always time Dude, we're time traveling. We're time traveling. One of the important things that gets in the way of learning from failure is that we don't have or practice the skills for doing it very often. So the, and, and, and by skills, maybe I should really say activities. The activities that are very basic and very obvious um, and yet often underutilized. And so the skills I talk about in the article are the skills organizationally and individually of detecting failure, analyzing failure really skillfully, fully, thoroughly, and creating failure. Why would you want to create failure? We want to create failure because when you experiment, which you need to do under conditions of, of uncertainty, novelty, or both, some of those experiments will produce failures. We hope they'll be intelligent failures. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Justin Dubois. This is the Desolationist Podcast. This is episode number four. little CTR montage there <laughs> to bring us in, uh, Towns Van Zant, Colorado girl, awesome song. We also got to hear Stefan Griebel there, who is one of the madmen who invented this crazy Colorado trail race, uh, doing the, uh, countdown and the start there. Really cool that he comes down every year and starts the racers off. Obviously you heard the, <laughs> the rules in there. There ain't many, but, uh, Good advice from a from a tough dude right there. And then uh, some snippets from the trail side. A little safety break with my spiritual guru, Ben. And uh, also heard from Harvard Business Professor there, Amy Edmondson, talking a little bit about failure and uh, creating failure, which is going to be my theme here as I sit comfortable and safe and sound in my kitchen while the rest of them savages are duking it out out there on the trail i scratched on day three which was yesterday from breckenridge <clears throat> and i'll tell you all about that um in a minute but first uh just kind of following up on day one on the race went okay, but uh, obviously I was a little too fast out of the gate. It was a really hot and sweaty, humid day, and uh, I just sweat too much, man. Um, but I did have a pretty powerful moment early in the morning, early, early in the morning, five minutes or so after we started, we're all pedaling out on the Waterton Canyon Road in a big group. Everybody's sort of just rolling mellow, and uh, I blew my chain up just pedaling on the road. And the second that I took that pedal stroke and my chain blew up, I remembered that the night before I had had a fucking dream <laughs> that my chain was bad. 
And in my dream, I tried to remind myself to look at my chain in the morning because you got a messed up chain. <laughs> and uh, I forgot to do that. I got ready for the race and I was fucking around. And I'm packing my bag and da 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 da. And we ride out. And as soon as that happened, I remembered that dream. And so put the pieces together. That was a pretty interesting kind of prophetic moment that, uh, you know, reminded me that I need to pay attention to my dreams whenever possible. Um, and, uh, you know, I got the chain fixed, caught back up to some friends and ended up riding about 118 miles that first day with, uh, including a stop at the, uh, stage stop saloon which is sort of an important stop. This year was pretty hilarious because coming from Denver, you got a huge group and everybody's sort of bunched up coming through the restaurant. And uh, old Pat that runs the place was overwhelmed a little bit, but the guy is uh, super cool and really into the race. And so he worked his butt off getting everybody fed. Oh, man, it's been crazy today, man. I can't believe How it. How many people did First one came through at like... Four o'clock, I think it was. Came through at four o'clock, and you guys just been hammering me ever since then, man. I mean, I am out of all kinds of shit in the kitchen. I had to close the kitchen because I'm out of most shit. Seems like it's all hands on deck. Yeah. Well, they just a couple of my customers jumped up and helped me out, man. So yeah, we we've had a good group of you this year, man. Everybody stopped. Everybody so far has stopped. I can't even give I saw, you a count. There was a couple guys that we were riding with, and they went by. Yep. Yeah, you guys are nuts. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Dude. You're yeah, nuts, yeah. man. <laughs> you're the best. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys made it, man. Safe. Good thing. A yellow flag for going by without stopping, man. You know the two leaders. The two leaders, right? Because three of them came in, right? Four of them came in, but the two single tracks got water and boogie. Yeah, so yeah. they're probably out front somewhere. Yep. Yeah, that's how you got single tracks want to win it. it. They said they want to win it. Who knows? Dude. Yeah, never to be seen again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just getting started, right? They're just oh, starting. We got a long ways to go. Yeah. Thanks All again, right, Pat. Guys. Thanks, Pat. Um, I was pretty shattered after the effort to get to stage top. It's about a hundred miles, <clears throat> and it had just been the hottest, muggiest day, and I just. Kind of overdid it, sweat too much. I tried to stay ahead of uh, my hydration, and I feel like I did, but man, caught a little nap, and Ben moved on before I did, and about 4 a.m. I got on the move around Kenosha Pass, really cool, creepy, kind of foggy morning there, and man, I just have never experienced such a instant loss of power throughout that day day two um i just i got to a place where i couldn't pedal the bike real early actually from from the first you know for the first few miles of the day i was walking everything and i mean there's some pretty good riding in there climbing up georgia pass from kenosha it's climbing but it's all really rideable nice mellow you know and uh man Getting up and over Georgia and then down, you got a few more climbs before you get to Breckenridge. But, I mean, in the scheme of the race, it is extremely remedial terrain. Uh, for the climbers out there, I <laughs> compared it to, you know, going up the diamond and you're getting ready to go try and send D1 or something and you're hanging in the north chimney on gear because you can't get it done. Uh, that's what it felt like to be walking 
a lot of that terrain that I was walking and I tried all my tricks, man. I was pulling over a lot. I took a couple of naps, ate all the food, smoked all the ganja, uh, just trying to kind of get my rhythm going. And I was just dead on the bike. It took me 11 plus hours to go 40 miles. And again, 40 miles of moderate terrain relatively to the rest of the scenario on the Colorado trail. As you get further and further south on the trail, things get harder. Um, the stops get fewer and farther between the terrain is more rugged. The weather is typically wetter. Everything just gets harder. And knowing that I just realized something was wrong and it wasn't really a matter of, uh, of pushing through and recovering. It just seemed like it wasn't going to work this time. Um, different kind of feeling than I've ever really experienced this spring on the Arizona trail. Um, you know, I blew up really hard on the first day. But I was trained up, and I had faith in my fitness, in my training. And I thought, I could keep riding, and I'm going to come back from this. I'm going to recover. But this one didn't really feel the same. I haven't really had the same amount of training. You know, finishing the Tour Divide a month ago, I thought, there's no freaking way I can do the Colorado Trail. There's no way I can complete all three of these things. And I, I hypnotized myself over the course of four weeks from, I can't do it to I'll probably be able to do it, to I'm going to do it, to I'm going to fucking crush it. I'm actually going to go faster than last year. Watch this. And uh, that, you know, that's an exercise in sort of, like I say, self-hypnotism and confidence. You have to sort of manifest that strength and that confidence, even though maybe you don't think you're going (laughs) to, you don't think you're going to really be able to do it. So I hit my limit. Um... I decided I, was, I wasn't going to make it on foot to Durango. That's not the way that that trail needs to go down, you know. It's one thing to hike your bike on some hike a bike, but it's another thing to have to push your bike on every single goddamn hill. So I pulled the plug. I went, to, I went into Breck on, uh, you know, day two in the afternoon because I just, you're looking up at 10 Mile, which is a giant pass with a bunch of hike a bike. And it's kind of one of the first real tests of like, you know, mountain hike a bike on the trail when you're heading south. And there was no way I was going up there that day, at least without a little bit of a reset. So I rode into Breck, I got some food, and I just said, I'm going to spend the night here, man. I'm going to freaking lay up and I'm going to see if I can heal myself with a huge nap. Uh, I got a hotel, slept for like 11 hours. And I got up at like 3 o'clock, got some more food, and headed up 10 mile in the dark. And man, I didn't get far before. It was obvious that I was in the same situation. There was no recovery. And uh, it didn't really seem like much of a choice. My body was basically telling me, not today, champion. <laughs> uh, we're going to try again another day, but not today. So I pulled the plug. My awesome wife came to pick me up, and it didn't feel, I wasn't devastated. I really wasn't. Um, I'd been sort of anticipating this moment. If you're going to play in this realm of the ultra, ultra long distance mountain biking races, I think everybody's ultimately going to come up against their limit. Everyone's going to have a bad race. Everyone's going to scratch. All my heroes 
have DNFs. And uh, when you delve into the history of it, a lot of them have a ton of DNFs. Um, so in that sense, it doesn't make me t- too sad. In fact, I'm extremely pleased and uh, I feel really lucky that uh, I kind of found my my limit there. Um, I've been wanting to find that limit. And if this race had gone really smoothly, of course, that'd be badass and would help morale but uh man it's nice to know what you can take and what you can't and when it's time to uh stop and reassess and and you know feel like a human being feel vulnerable feel broken uh it was too hard you know one of the biggest bummers is that the weather this year seems to have lined up to be quite good um pretty freaking splitter the day that i quit and was sitting in breck waiting for my ride home man oh just a glorious colorado bluebird day so that stings you never want to waste a weather window like that that comes from my climbing days too you know you go on an expedition you get the perfect weather well you you're bound you're bound by the folks that didn't get that weather to try your hardest you know but uh felt like an adult I felt like an adult pulling the plug and sort of listening to my body, even though that's such a fucking cliche. Um, I had this just kind of racing heart rate and, you know, couldn't really catch my breath. And I mean, that's not an altitude thing. I live at altitude. I train at altitude. I think it's just extreme fatigue and, uh, um, it wasn't time. It wasn't time. So... I'm going to uh, stew in my in my failure for a little while and, and revel in it, actually. These failures are way, way more important than your successes. And, uh, you know, they're extremely meaningful. And, you know, this wasn't like the crawling on my hands and knees to the, to the point where I had to call it. I just, you know, I know my body. I know what I'm capable of. I know what it takes to do these races. And... I just kind of felt like this wasn't this wasn't the move, so um, I got two words for y'all: September, ITT. Stay tuned for that shit. I am down, but I am fucking not out. Triple Crown could still go down, and uh, I think I'm going to take another few weeks and really be a little more focused in my recovery effort, and I'm going to fucking try again. So. See if we can't get a little weather pocket in late August, early September to try again. It uh, kind of occurred to me earlier this season as I started to take on this triple crown attempt that, man, trying to cram all these three into a year, it does sort of detract from the quality of each effort that you can give each particular race. You know, I feel like. All these races, the Arizona Trail, Tour Divide, and the Colorado Trail all deserve, you know, your best effort. But you're not really capable. I wasn't capable of giving my best effort and still try and save up enough power to complete them all. So that was on my mind a lot as I started the Colorado Trail race this year. And like I say, I had sort of tricked myself into thinking I was going to do some kind of magic out there. But I think with a little reset... And, the you know, just a little better start, a little better nutrition, a little better everything for the next month. Uh, going solo 
getting back to my roots, man. The grand departs can be a little bit nerve wracking. You're up there in the freaking in the herd and it's easy to f- go too hard or, you know, just let other people kind of influence you a little bit. Um, so I've never really done an ITT and, uh, I think it could be really, really fun. And, you know, my first lap on the Colorado trail was in September in 2014. We had awesome weather. It was a little chilly at night, but man, no rain for like 10 days when we did it then. So that could be really nice. Um, again, in the meantime, I'm going to be a little more focused in my, in my recovery. I took a lot for granted, uh, just physically after I finished the tour, I, I just focused on gaining weight and not doing much of anything. Didn't really get up to altitude much. I went on some bike rides. I was pretty whooped and I was also kind of eating like shit. Um, I was focused on quantity over quality and I sort of let my diet get away from me thinking I just need pounds. I don't need to eat perfect right now and, uh, probably partying a little too much. And it's a lot to ask of my body. You know, I'm not a super athlete. I'm not (laughs) out there, you know, running numbers on my fucking Strava and doing the heart rate monitor thing. I'm kind of by the seat of my pants, but that requires a little more respect, I think, for my body. And, uh, you know, before the season started, I was eating really well. But then you get into the kind of carbo-rich, fucking ultra-crazy 7-Eleven diet in these races, and you kind of get hooked on that shit, and that's what your body craves. But I think, with a again, with a concerted recovery effort and uh, a little better nutrition plan, I could fucking get out there and slay. Uh, I also want to go start working on a project I've got on the back burner, uh, a route that I want to do around the Colorado border, the entire Colorado border. Um, I've kind of been researching the route for a couple of months now and it's looking pretty fucking cool, man. Um, I haven't crunched all the numbers on it, but it, it'll end up being like 1600 miles and I think you're going to touch seven states. So that's a project that I'd like to do by next fall, but I'm going to probably do some recon in the meantime. So if anybody wants to get out for some tours in the uh, autumn here, there's a million cool sections that I want to go check out. And um, That Border Patrol route is going to become a reality. I'm super excited about that. And uh, yeah. Shout out to my boy Nelson and his lovely bride Shannon who are on their honeymoon right now up on the Tour Divide. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Take your time. (laughs) I'm jealous. And shout out to all the racers out there giving her on the Colorado Trail Race as I speak, as I sit here. Tim Fish is winning the thing on a single speed. Um, He's almost a Silverton man. Today's day four which means uh, he's going to finish. He's going to finish sometime, you know, tonight or early, early tomorrow. What a salve. Uh, Jefe crushing it in second place. Awesome to see Jefe Branham returns to the Colorado Trail like a motherfucking boss that he is. Total legend on a big-ass enduro bike. 
And he's in second, man. He's crushing it. It was awesome to uh, see Hefe at the trailhead. Got a big hug from him. Um, hoping I can get him on this podcast here soon. Sit down and get some get some knowledge from that fucking veteran savage. Um, Kirkavy, Jeff Kirkavy from Eagle, Colorado is up in the mix. My homie uh, Dana Ernst, Brad Ells, those guys are riding together. Max Morris is all up in there. Ben Hannis, fucking love all you guys. Wish I could be out there with you. But uh, <clears throat> you got to listen to your body, boys. <laughs> when you're weak, you got to admit it. So I want to thank you all for subscribing. I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast. Uh, I appreciate all the feedback. Um, I'm going to keep working on this shit. I'm going to get some really interesting guests. I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a uh, THC CBD clinic here coming up soon from Doug Murs of Lucky Turtle. And I'm hoping to get my homie Zach Madem from the downhill skate world up on here to talk about all that craziness. And I got a few other guests lined up, and I'm sure we'll get some uh, more Colorado trail spray when this whole thing shakes out. And then uh, we'll start working towards that ITT goal in September. Send me all the good vibes and energy. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.